Okay, Dan, you ready to start the podcast? You know, it's been weeks since our Dr. Warm episode. I told you that's not my name, and you've been refusing <laughs> to accept it. I've let it go for the last couple weeks, but when you address me by my proper name, yes, then I'll be ready to start the podcast. I'm sorry, Dr. Worm. No, I know it was that never wasn't Dr. It Worm. I know. I can't remember what it was, though. Y- y- I didn't tell you. You have. You, sh- you were supposed to know. Oh. <laughs> PTL? No. Part-time lover? No. It has nothing to do with the song we're picking this week. <laughs> okay. You're supposed to know my new name. <laughs> I was talking about it the other day when I was loopy on back pain medicine. <sighs> Scott Chocolate. You rang? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Welcome Pod. to Sadie Hawkins Pod with your hosts, Jess and Scott Chocolate. That's me, Scott Chocolate, here to talk about the most rockin' pop album out there, Collapsible Long, with a now unfortunate name. Right? Oh, We haven't yeah. talked about that, but in this, think about that. In this era, an album called Collapsible Long doesn't, didn't age well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still stuck on the fact that you carried the bit over into the episode. I was a little confused. My name's Scott Chocolate from now on. Yes. That's my new name. Don't wear it out. It came to me in a dream, (laughs) loopy on back pain medicine. By the way, my back is doing much better. We can talk all about that. But the name (laughs) Scott Chocolate came to me. It was, and at first I was like, is it Tony Chocolate? And I'm like, no, there's a brand of chocolate called Tony's Chocolate. So I was like, no, it's Scott Chocolate. And there's like a a magician named Scott Chocolate. It's my name, (laughs) especially when we talk about this album. That's my new name. Okay. You've got Aaron Sprinkle and Scott Chocolate. (laughs) A nice Sunday going. (laughs) Yep. Gonna put some sprinkles on that chocolate with Collapsible Lung. Nice. Talk about my favorite song from my favorite album. Scott Chocolate's favorite album. I should also talk in the third person. You you did mention Scott Chocolate should talk in the third person. You did mention that you really like this song, that it's really grown on you. It has grown on me. Yeah. I'm not gonna keep the Scott Chocolate thing going consistently, but it's gonna pop up here and there. So yes, top of the show business. My back is doing much better. Um it's been horrible. It was basically it was not I think I think I might have corrected this last week, but it was not. Turns out it was not a sciatic nerve pinch because that would have included the leg, and this did not include the leg. And so I called my primary doctor. We had a video visit. He gave me some heavy sedatives and <laughs> <the> muscle relaxers <laughs> because sometimes the pain was so bad I couldn't sleep at night. And then I also started doing chiropractic for the first time, and that really that helped incredibly as well. So both those things together. Both the doctor and the chiropractor said, like, you probably don't have chronic pain coming up. You Mm -hmm. just need to start exercising. And I was like, fudge. Scott Chocolate says fudge. (laughs) So, yeah. 
Um, but it's much better. Any other top of the show business. Yes, we have a voicemail from David Ketch. Let's play this. I can never find my Google Voice app. And I'm logged in as the wrong account. And here we go. Hello, Danny and Jeff. This is David Ketch. I just got done listening to the latest episode, Mrs. Hippopotamuses. And I really love that song, and I really love how you guys uh, presented the song uh, during this episode. It's, this is probably going to be one of my favorite episodes uh, of the Sadie Hoggins plot. And Daniel, I'm sorry I called you Daniel. From now on, I will call you Danny. Uh, thanks, Jeff, for uh, letting me know that Daniel, or Danny, sorry, is only called Daniel when he's in trouble. So not unless you're in trouble, I'm not going to call you Daniel anymore, Danny. Well, yes, thank you. I mean, yeah, you can call me Danny instead of Daniel, or you can call me Scott Chocolate. That's my <laughs> new name. Uh. Yeah. So <laughs> Mrs. Hippopotamus's favorite episode. That's nice. That's thank good. you. And then I think it's one of my favorites as well. Okay. Is it figure wait your favorite episode or your favorite song? Both. both? Okay, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, for both. Um, and then he left a quick follow up. Hey, to David Cash again. Uh, one more thing, Danny. I hope you're doing better. And if you're not doing better, I hope you get better soon. Okay, bye. Well, yes, I just said <laughs> thank you very much. I did see that that he asked that before I started talking about my back being better. But yes, my back is better for now. So got to keep up. Got to keep stretching. Yep. Got to keep, I don't know, what's a Reliant K reference? (laughs) Oh, well. Anyway. um, And then let me... Something about your replaceable hips. and. Oh, yeah. I got my replace... There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, PTL. PTL. Um... Again, not really a Reliant K song, like a lot of Collapse Belong. Yeah. But now Jessica went back and listened to the episode where we rated our Collapse Belong songs. Yeah. But I don't remember where I put PTL. I think I put it up pretty high. This song is growing on me more and more, I swear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is my favorite song off of Collapse Belong now. And again, it's not really a Reliant K song. It was, you know, this is where they wanted to take the band and it didn't quite work out. And they kind of kind of pivoted to the Air for Free thing, which took some pieces of this, you know, mm-hmm. but kind of changed up the thing they were trying to do. But, um, yeah, I had a point that I've already <laughs> lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I went back to it was in our Boomerang episode, which was episode 19 that we rated Collapsible Lung in. And I think we need to do an updated list. But we were so trepidatious in that episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're still very early on, still finding our groove, still like, oh, we don't want to say anything too bad. Like, <laughs> Right. Uh, so I rated this at nine. Right. Yeah. You, then. Did. <laughs> you didn't like it then. <laughs> um. And I don't know, I still feel that way, but I also feel like it should go lower. It it came right after in my listing, When You Were My Baby, which I made a point to note that I always forget exists, mm-hmm. and I do still, um, and then right before Lost Boy. But I did call this song infuriatingly catchy, so that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. 
And it is. It totally is. So I think it might get bumped up a little bit on, right. on the list. I was listening to a lot of Collapsible Belong this week, preparing for this episode, not just PTL. And I was like, yeah, like I can listen to PTL over and over. I have no problem listening to this song. But especially because it's followed up by Disaster. And in previous Collapsible Lung episodes, I've been very kind to Disaster, especially because it's one of the three songs that doesn't have a non-Reliant K co-writer on it. And I was like, and I've said, I've said as much before I really knew Collapsible Lung, before we really started this podcast, which is how I started listening to more Collapsible Lung. I was like, oh, what if you just did the Collapsible Lung EP and you just took Don't Blank and Disaster and the Collapsible and Collapse Lung, the song, because those are the real Reliant K songs. Those are the ones that are only written by the mats. But the more I listen to Disaster, the more I don't like it. Especially <laughs> the like the intro, the getting into it. Like once the chorus yeah. is cool. The chorus is great. Well, I mean, once you get, yeah, exactly. It's that intro that you're like. Chorus. Oh, yeah, everything little, around the chorus. Yeah is starting to feel more like a schlog. But PTL, wall to wall, for me, is a jam. That's my jam. And I have no problem listening to PTL. Hi. I, so, I don't really care for the title of this song. Right. It feels like PYT by Michael Jackson. Oh. <laughs> which, real unfortunate song titles. Uh, pretty young thing. Oh, yeah. And, um... <laughs> It also feels like maybe they're trying to be sneaky about the content. Absolutely. Yeah. That's 100% what's yeah. going on here. Like a Christian music store isn't going to stock a CD with a track called Part-Time Lover. I did think about that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and I, like, I know it had a limited physical release. Right. I was but say it, it still, it feels like it's there to trick maybe some more conservative fans. Right. Um, yeah. Especially because I've listened to the Tooth and Nail podcast um, labeled with Matt Carter and in multiple different episodes, there's talk about that and how certain bands had to do this like light sent this surface level censorship sometimes like some bands, they would be flat out like, um, Oh, you know, like a magnified pod. They talked about the second brave St. Saturn record. They say like, I can't remember the words. They're very light swear words. It's like hell. It's like he goes through hell but it's not even a swear to say you go through hell yeah. and they had to censor that. Oh. And like, I think pissed or something, or I can't remember the words right now, but they, they bleep, they, they censored these very light swear words for the Christian record market. And apparently like tooth and nail had like their standard was like the Southern. I'm, I'm not remembering this properly, but like the Southern convention of Baptists or something. They were like, we start there. Mm -hmm. We start in terms of censorship <laughs> okay. and what's allowed there. <laughs> So yeah, sometimes bands and like there's like MXPX has the word pissed in a song, but they changed they sp did this spelled it P I S T. That's like a light censorship thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other times where this has definitely happened. I remember my friend Jeff and my friends Jeff and Trevor. They had their little their, their like bedroom band that didn't involve me. There right. was one band that involved me for one short amount of time, <laughs> even though I've never really been a musician. <laughs> But they had a demo that they wrote, and I think it was, like, the song was called, like, Virgin or something. But they were afraid of their friend's parents seeing the tape with a song called Virgin. So they changed the title to Vir Virginia. They just changed the title to Virginia. Okay. <laughs> but absolutely, I think they called this song PTL because they didn't want people to see 
there's a song called Part-Time Lover. Yeah. And as you said, limited CD release, this was Collapsible Lung was originally only a vinyl-only release in terms of physical, and then they printed a short run of CDs, which are now really expensive. So I don't think this would have been in a lot of Christian record stores, especially in, I don't know, 2013, where there are a lot of, I mean, if while Christian, while the big chain Christian record stores were still around for the last couple of years, and we'd go into them, they had some vinyl, but they weren't like, they yeah. never had that big, like FYE and New Rare Comics have those, and other, you know, those are the two that I can think of, had those flipped to like vinyl. Right. Like we're yeah. just basically selling vinyl now in a small section of CDs. Yeah. I don't know if Christian or record like stores. Or like Amoeba or something. Yeah. Right. I don't know if Christian record stores had that big flip where they were like, well, vinyl's where we're making our money. So it could have just been like, it could might not have even been a retail thing. It might have just been thinking like when you see this track list listed on streaming and like yeah. the announcement of the record coming out soon and we list the song titles, we don't want people talking about it. Right. Yeah. And on the same note... I had not put this together, but I found a few different reviews that said they thought they were getting a completely different song because PTL also is a common (laughs) acronym for Praise the Lord, which I had not thought of at all. But I'm like, oh, no, that makes it extra. Oh, no. I know. (laughs) So I'm going to skirt our normal format. And I just want to because while I'm thinking of this. I'm going to go ahead to some of the YouTube uh, one YouTube clip I got. And oh, I hope I wrote it down which one it was. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna play this one clip when we normally would do this later in the show. <laughs> this is a clip I found of the band playing the song in 2012, so before the album came out. And as we talked about with other collapsible lung songs, which we often not that we forget, but we don't feel it, is that collapsible lung is the same lineup. Right. As fi- as five score <laughs> yeah. and forget not slow down. Yeah. Right. You forget that the Johns and Ethan were and well, Ethan wasn't on forget uh, five score. But yeah, this is the same lineup as forget not slow down. So this is a 2012 performance of the song with John, John and Ethan performing it. And I think this might be one of the first because the person who uploaded it is named Bo Bright. And this is at the Marquee Theater in Tempe, Arizona. And it says new song. So if this wasn't the first time they played it, it's one of the first times they played it. I mean, it's a year before the album came out. So uh, there's something that's kind of funny that happens as they start to play the song. Here we go. Okay. I couldn't remember what moment it happens at. But listen right after he says, are you serious? And I said like a heart attack. Listen for right after I said like a heart attack. Ready? One more time. Some people might have already heard it. Here we go. You said are you serious? And I said like a heart attack. Somebody in the crowd, after they kind of realize this is a song about getting it on, goes, wow. And I mean, who knows? I'm totally just, I, I'm reading into a context of where I can't see the person. Yeah. Like, for all we know, they show them something on their, a meme on their phone. They were like, wow. Right. They're like, not paying attention to the song. 
in this performance, the crowd is not really feeling this. Feeling the song. Yeah. yeah, I have to say that intro that you said, are you serious? I said like a heart attack that, are you serious? Where he like changes his voice. And right. That- I hate it. It, <laughs> right. it feels like shoehorned and it's really weird. And it's like, is he supposed to be? He didn't a girl sell it. Here? He doesn't sell it in this performance. No. It, I've seen, we'll get now, now I'll wait to talk about the rest of this until we get into that section of talking about YouTube videos. But yeah, I've got stuff to say about this song evolved live a little bit. Um, just a little bit. And Tyson's of- <laughs> performance of this song is different with almost every YouTube video. Um, yeah, I'm sort of surprised that it's even like, uh, one that they would play live, although it, it I think it came out early. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, they're here. They're playing it here yeah. with Ethan and John and John. And oh, you mean it came out the the studio version came out ahead of the album. Yeah. Okay. And this song is like so digital and garage bandy <laughs> that I'm sort of shocked they even play it live. <laughs> I mean, the I think guitars kind of sound the same. And I stuff, think this song uh, sounds good live, to be honest. Like some of these performances, as I yeah, said. I haven't listened to any of the live ones, so maybe we'll it get sounds into it. better. It probably, it could be one of those things where it sounds better live because it doesn't have all the sort of digitally kind of right. stuff going on. They it's don't, more stripped down. When we listen to the other live videos, they don't, when I say each one's different, it's not wildly different. It's not like they totally changed up all the dynamics of different live performances. It's all still the same, but it's a matter of like what they push into live and how how loud they play it, how heavy they play it at different times, how Tyson does or doesn't lean into those little character vocal moments in the song in different performances. There's even this odd dynamic of where when they perform this song live, Tyson often put the guitar down and did like lead singer with no instrument thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he did have the guitar, which is, you know, and Tyson has evolved as his performance in what he does lead singer wise mm-hmm. throughout the different eras of the band. You know, there's always, there's been the piano to guitar Matt Tyson. There's been the guitar only Matt Tyson. There's been the mostly piano Matt Tyson, but in the span of like two years around this album, you see him changing it up on how is how does Part Time Lover work live. But we'll get into that uh, <laughs> a little bit later. I just thought this video was so funny because there. I also saw someone's YouTube comment from around the time the album was about to come out, who said, "When I saw this was called PTL, I thought it was going to be called about Praise the Lord." Mm-hmm. And actually, they thought that. Yeah. So it is funny that it's such a switcheroo. And this is the band trying to stretch out. And so many other Christian bands have done this, where you kind of get put in a box when you're a Christian band, right? In terms of what you're expected to be, in terms of, um, you know, lyrical content. Not just lyrical content. I mean, bands who just want to write some worship songs and some songs about their experience with their faith... And then have some fun songs about common, everyday, jokey, fun stuff like a Sadie Hawkins dance or Welcome to Canada, it's the Maple Leaf State. Like, just having that dynamic, Christians criticize that. Right. And that's stupid. Like, you should be allowed to have songs about your faith and songs that are fun and they're actually clean. So what's your problem? You know, more stringent, more, you know, difficult to deal with Christians. But then... So many other bands in recent years have tried to grow even more where they just want to write a swear in their song or they want to have these content that, you know, like I was saying with Tooth and Nail, where it's like, 
Brave Saint Saturn has he goes through hell, and that's not even a swear, but they have to censor that. It's like, how frustrating is that? So if you're relying K and you're like, oh, I want to write a song that's a little bit about getting it on. I want to write some <laughs> sexier songs. And then, you know, so basically every Christian artist seems to have a different decision on how they approach it. Like, do they full on say, this is us now? You know, uh, conservative Christian fans, you can get lost if you don't like it and we'll keep the fans we want. Or do you kind of gently wade out into it? Mm -hmm. Like we talked about with MXPX and uh, I talked about in some previous episode how Matt... I'm sorry, Mike, Mike Herrera's decision to write Goddamn Refrigerator in that in Friday Tonight, he kind of like painstakingly thought over that for a long time. Mm-hmm. The whole band thought about that and had debates about it. And it was their manager who doesn't who wasn't part of like the Christian record world who right? was like, what's the problem? <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. Also, I wanted to mention when I heard that lady if this is what she's doing when she says wow when she realizes it's a song about getting it on Mm -hmm. that's what i did the first time i heard friday tonight when he says goddamn refrigerator i went whoa (laughs) well you weren't quite as monotone you didn't just go wow 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 (laughs) oh it wasn't some lady who was upset about realizing this is a song about sex it was Owen Wilson, and he was in the crowd, wow. and he's like, wow, I'm liking this track. <laughs> uh, before we get more into the song, I want to go over the personnel. So this song was co-written by Tyson, Matthew Tyler, Musto, a.k.a. Black Bear, and Caleb Owens. Um, and Caleb Owens, I couldn't, there's a lot of Caleb Owens out there and a few in the music industry, <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure which one he is. Um, I was ha- kind of having trouble figuring that out, but he also provides additional vocals and electric guitar on Sweeter and Collapsible Lung. And then Black Bear uh, also co- Does he own the Black Bear Diners? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, he co-wrote Boyfriend for Justin Bieber with couple other guys so the same guy who wrote the lyrics i could be your buzz light your fly across the globe justin bieber wrote this song no justin bieber wrote those (laughs) lyrics as you know i'm a secret believer and i refuse to believe that anyone wrote that song with justin bieber bieber (laughs) chilling by the fire while we eating fondue same dude you don't know that you don't know that he wrote those (laughs) lyrics you don't know who wrote those specific lyrics. I refuse to believe you. We haven't. We haven't done you didn't hear thing. me say the believe joke the first time, so I did it again. We haven't finished our Justin Bieber follow up Patreon episode no. yet. We need to do that. Well, that's very fascinating. So, yeah, this. Uh, I, I thought about it a little bit more, especially now that you told me like that someone who worked with Justin Bieber on one of his biggest songs worked on this song the common a common assumption from us and from many fans was matt Thiessen, after forgetting not slow down starts to write do more co-writing for pop artists and then he's like let's do that with reliant k and you know the the um more pessimistic view of it is he's like, I like this pop world. I want to live in this pop world all the time. I'm going to take my band and make my band a big pop group, right? Which could be true, 
And especially as I watched the PTL live videos, I saw that like there's obvious, I think, I see now as I'm watching more of these live videos, because we did not go see Reliant K during this period. I never, we didn't have experience seeing them live during this time. But now as I watch more of these videos and I see Matt Thiessen trying to evolve what he does on stage and like hold the microphone and just walk around and dance around the stage just with the microphone. And then that works, but that works in some ways, but doesn't work Mm -hmm. in other ways. And, you know, once, uh, once the forget not slow down lineup is no longer around and they're still kicking these songs and trying to do this, I see, yes, I see how this is what I was getting at. I guess it's like pessimistic to just say, Matt Thiessen was came into the room and it is and he's like as we've said before, barbershop is in threat of growing stale. I'm going to take it in strange new directions. <laughs> as I thought about it more, 2012-2013 is you know the tail end of the collapse of the music industry, right? Like especially with like rock music. I mean, rock is always dying. Rock has been mm-hmm. dying since the 80s, right? Obviously, it's in an, it's it's more in a lull for the last 20 years than it's ever been. But yeah, it's like I I don't know what Matt Thiessen might have you know, both Matts. I don't know what both Matts might have seen in 2012 in terms of like we did forget not slow down and the industry is changing so much and expectations for music are changing so much. And when you're a rock band in that time, you have a couple of choices. You hunker down, you know, like businesses dealing with COVID, you hunker down and you try to just hold the fort and you just try to barrel through and be a rock band in these times where people aren't as interested in your music. Or you change it up and you try to like get some other ideas out there and other things and new fans try to like get a new thing or you break up. You right? offer delivery. You, uh... you offer delivery. <laughs> you have curbside takeout. So... I think there's a possibility that it was just like, I can kind of see a possibility where it's like, yeah, sure. We all wanted to forget and not slow down too. But it was 2012. And the and like I said, the music industry was hugely different than it was just four or five years before. So it took them years to come up with this new album. So Brian K was probably feeling stale and they were like, we, we want to do something different. I don't think it hit the mark. <laughs> But they tried yeah. something different, and I'm getting a little bit more of leaning towards they. I don't know; it's hard to say, but I'm just getting this sense that's like they, he tried to do something different. Not just because he was. My point is not just because he was like, I want to be a pop star, and I want this to be a big pop band. I want this to be Imagine Dragons or uh, or what's the <laughs> Name other? another one? Pandemic. I got Train. <laughs> I wanted to be Train. There's another one. Train was. Around. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> or Fallout Boy, or one of these bands that starts out as a rock band and pivots into the top 40 radio world. I never meant to be your undercover brother. You're going to get into the parody world? Are you going to pivot? <laughs> I'm pivoting. <laughs> So you you you've said that you're this song is really growing on you mm-hmm. and that you're starting to really dig this song. Mm-hmm. But like, I would never listen to this song if it was by any other band, and you know you wouldn't either. No, of course I wouldn't. <laughs> like if this song came on the radio and you didn't know it was Reliant K, you would not be able to switch it fast enough. 
I don't know. Who knows? I listen to a lot of, especially with K-Rock changing. Yeah. <laughs> and like when we're flipping around channels and a song comes on that I've never heard and it's really poppy, I'll just listen to it. We don't change the channel. It's when I get sick of a song right. that I'll start changing. It's like, oh, I heard this. I don't like this song. If this song came on and it was by some, it was by Fall Out Boy or something, <laughs> I would be like, you know, give it a chance a couple times. And if it didn't grow on me then I'd move on. But because it's Reliant K, I am giving it more of a chance and I'm liking it more. I don't know what to tell you. It's a Reliant K song, so I like it. Do you like that falsetto? Because I know you like falsetto, I do love that falsetto. Say hello to falsetto in three, two. It's Justin Bieber boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't know. Um, yeah, I like falsetto Tyson because when we ranked our collapse along songs at the time, I said this song was so high because I like the falsetto and you don't hear it a lot. And I figured out that there is more falsetto Tyson out there to be discovered than you might think. There is the, there's when they sang the chipmunks, the chipmunks, the peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the chipmunks, dad. It's nightcore. Um, when they sing, when he sing the Peanuts song during the Christmas tour, that's in a falsetto. I think there's something on air for free in the background, in the background vocals, it's in falsetto. Whatever. Falsetto Tyson is awesome. I love it. It reminds me of a Prince song. That's a thing. You, I've been getting into Prince slowly over the last couple years. When quarantine started, like the first week of quarantine, I made us watch Purple Rain because I had never mm-hmm. seen Purple Rain. But I've been deep diving into Prince. Like, I don't really go past the, the mid-90s yet. <laughs> but I listened, I've been listening to all his albums from the first album up through the mid-90s. And that stuff is often very poppy. It's often very much like this. Like, this could be a Prince song. And I would absolutely listen to that. And just because I wouldn't listen to like a twenty, a 2019, 2020 pop song if this was by some sort of pop band doesn't mean I wouldn't listen to this song. Because if you put Eva to Prince, I would absolutely listen to this song. So check and mate, Jessica. Podcast over. Call us 402-95-SADY. <laughs> Let Jessica know how badly she just lost the debate. I never meant to be a part-time shipper. Then again, I've never been a full-time stan. <sighs> well, <laughs> you want to hear some other acronyms? That's as long as you're <laughs> writing, as long as you're writing all your little parody songs. You want to hear some other acronyms that PTL stands for? Let's do it. There is Pedro the Lion. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and I have a Pedro the Lion Reliant K memory, and that is, well, two technically. One is that I think Jefferson Airplane is, the song is Matt Thiessen trying to write a Pedro the Lion song through a Matt Thiessen lens. But two is that I went to a Reliant K show, and I'm pretty sure this would be 2003. I could probably figure this one out easily. It was in downtown Boston. Which, which you skipped the rave. Which we where we skipped the rave. And I took a group of people, a small group of people, like some of my friends and my sister and some of her friends to that show. And then after the show, when Reliant K was walking around the venue talking to people and we talked to them, 
Matt Hoop said to me and my friend Johnny, are you going to the Page of the Lion show tonight? And I was like, what? And it turned out Page of the Lion was playing in downtown Boston that night at 10 o'clock. Like, so weird that it wasn't, like, at 7, like a normal show, but it was at 10. So yeah. that Reliant K that night got to play their set and then take a taxi or whatever or walk. I don't know how, I don't remember what venue the Page of the Lion show was at. Walk, you know, go to see Page of the Lion that night. I was like, what? And I wanted to go so bad, but my stupid sister and her friends were with me, so I had to bring them home. They weren't oh, going to go no. see Page of the Lion with me. <laughs> Not to, I don't know if it was a weeknight or what. I would have done it. So I had to take them home. And then I was like, can I run back? And, you know, can I, can I drive back in time? And mm-hmm. I didn't try. I don't know. Aww. Yeah. So Page of the Lion and PTL. Pressure-treated lumber. I never okay. meant to be your pressure-treated lumber. Nice. Um. <laughs> April. April likes that one. <laughs> oh, I was always meant to be a puppy snuggler. <laughs> come here, puppy. <laughs> April, come here. Um, permission to let is another one, which is let like what? Let to let your apartment. Like oh. you have an apartment and you have permission to let like it to somewhat. someone else. Yep. Yeah, gotcha. Paid to lie. Don't know what that Ooh. means. Is that like a license to kill? <laughs> I guess. Uh, production team leader. Okay. Power transmission line. Pork tenderloin. No, thank you. We don't eat pork. <laughs> Punjab Tractors Limited, India. <laughs> I guess okay. that's a company in India. Right on. Phoenix Technologies Limited. Um, part truckload, patrol officer. How is patrol? P-T-L, what? That one makes no sense Patrol, to me. P. Yeah, PTL, but where's the L come from? Oh, pit, oh, the, but there's Patrol. no. Yeah, but there's it no officer in part in there. <laughs> that doesn't account for the officer. Um, pass the loot. You can stop me anytime. Pressure treated lumber. Oh, Physical sorry, training I'm to, leader. I'm Excuse me, I'm talking. <laughs> Periodic table live. Pushing the limits. Positive. I'm skipping ones that are that, that are odd or in foreign languages. Um. Now we're down to the, when you go to acronymfinder.com, they rate the, I guess, I don't know, they give us five out of, they give an out of five star rating to each one. And none of these have a full five star rating for some reason. (laughs) Like even Praise the Lord only has four out of five stars. Interesting. I like that you can rate them. Yeah. Property tax listing. Hey, Danny. Yeah. I never meant to freshen your drink, governor. You've been going around the house saying that all the week. It's a Simpsons reference and mashed up with her favorite Reliant K song. Um, (laughs) To get into the lyrics a little bit, I never meant to be your one night, one mistake. Well, are you a one night, one mistake or a part-time lover? (laughs) Right. Because this feels like two very different things. You're either a freelancer hired to do a specific job or you're a part-time employee. Yeah. <laughs> um, then again, I've never been a full-time man. Like, I get it. I know what he's saying. He's never fully, like, stepped up and been a man. Not a girl. Not yet a woman. <laughs> but, um, it's just an odd choice. Like, what is he the rest of the time? Is he a Muppet or a Muppet of a man? <laughs> oh, that's so funny you said that because I thought this at one point and I forgot to write down the note. I'm so glad you said that. That this song sometimes feels like 
a Flight of the Concord song without without the joke. Like this feels like a Flight of the Concord song that's missing the punchline. And the thing is, Flight of the Concords is so good that like, yeah, the music is funny, but the joke wears out eventually and the songs are still catchy songs. Right. Like, um, part-time model or what is it called no no no, i can't remember what it's called but especially because it's part-time lover let me look that up it's not called the one where he's like you could be a part-time model not full-time oh yeah what happened to that other pair of underpants you had yeah we always reference that it is called part the song's just called part-time model oh the most beautiful girl in the room right it's called the most beautiful girl in the room He's like, you could be a part-time model. But it's more than just the part-time that made me think of Fly the Concords. It's the fact that this sounds like a Jermaine Clement, like, sexy jam. Because, like, because, and, you know, he wrote the, this is why I remembered that, because he wrote the music for the two Disney Muppet movies. And particularly, he won the Oscar for Muppet, Am I a Muppet or a Man? But I know you didn't see Muppets Most Wanted, the Disney sequel for Muppets movie. But there's this one really, really good song. In, there's a moment. The thing about that movie in general is like there's tons of like really great stuff with the Muppets where actually like the Muppet characters relationships slightly evolve. And like, you know, you have to be a longtime Muppet fan to for it to affect you. And it affects you. There's just these little moments sprinkled throughout this other story of like, who cares? And these little cameos. Were they Aaron sprinkled throughout? They were Aaron. They got some sprinkles on it. <laughs> We can get to that in a minute. <laughs> but there's a song, and I don't remember what it's called right now, but there's a song because you know the premise of that movie is there's a Kermit has a doppelganger that's an evil Kermit. Right. And he get his plants himself in with the Muppets at one point and he sends Kermit away to prison for the where the bad Muppet belongs. And no one can tell that it's not Kermit, even though he's got like this evil accent and stuff. <laughs> And then, and he just puts some green paste over his evil mole. And uh, there's a song where he's singing to Miss Piggy so that she doesn't get mad. And he's like singing about like all the things he'll. It's like it's a it's a sexy getting it on song, but it's more about like I'll give you all your wishes, I'll give you all your dreams. And he's like, and he lists all these weird things he'll give her. Whatever, I'm not explaining this very well. You want me to play a song for you? No. Um, I will say that the opening lyrics, uh, there was a time when I was scared of nothing. Nothing can touch you if you don't look back. I walked away from every good thing that I ever had. Those lyrics do feel very Reliant K. That's like a very Reliant K mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this song feels more Reliant. It's just because I've been listening to it so much. I'm like getting the tones of Reliant K out of there. But yes, there's a lot of sprinkles on this. (laughs) We were talking about Aaron Sprinkle. As a producer, because he didn't produce every track on Collapsible Long, which I no. forget. But this is one of the Aaron Sprinkle jams, so I'm like, put some sprinkles on it. <laughs> I found a few different reviews that state that this song is, like, uh, this song was their best shot at getting, like, radio airwaves and comparing them to Maroon 5. Okay. Maroon 5. Did yeah. I mention them before? I don't think when so. When I was trying to mention pop rock bands? Darn. <laughs> Maybe you did. I don't remember. Roll back the tape. (laughs) Oh, you know, like Maroon 5. Oh, see? We're back live. See, I said Maroon 5 right there. (laughs) Are you ready to get into the deep dive or do you have more stuff? Um, 
this song is last kind of things I'll say is this song is kind of layered, not layered, but it's got a lot going on. Like it's got these nice parts. I like the parts, like not just the verse, chorus, verse, but like the instrumentation changes up. There's that like tremolo type voice in the background during that kind of bridge section where you hear the part. He's, you know what I'm talking about? You're making so many hand gestures. I'm making so many hand gestures today. (laughs) Hold on one second. I'm going to play it live. Okay. So I like the snap before the first chorus. Like you hear that little snap before, you know what I'm talking about? You didn't pay enough time. You didn't pay enough attention to this song. Okay. Right here, right? (laughs) I'm a couple seconds back, but I love the snap before the first chorus. And no one does this in their covers. Right here. Wait, that was a clap. I swear there's one with a snap. (laughs) Does it take them? Wait, how long does it take them to get into the chorus? Maybe it's in a later one. (laughs) Maybe I don't know this song as well as I thought I did. Okay, wait. It might be this one. No, that's the same one I just played. I didn't realize the chorus... For a pop song, I didn't realize that the chorus takes a whole minute to get to, which is surprising for a three-minute song. Okay, maybe it's the second one. <laughs> We're leaving all this in. Huh? <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Okay, I could have sworn there's a snap somewhere. I'll listen to the song again later and I'll let it, it in. It sounds kind of snappy. I like... And then, what do you think of this guitar solo? Uh, it feels there's effects on it. We got some pedal hoops. Yeah, if that's hoops I, playing. It feels got some dirty force. They're trying to do like a like a, like a cool white stripe. Yeah, like a white stripes, yeah, cool black just... keys type of bluesy, yeah. dirty thing. No, and then this part. When the background vocals go part-time, lover, it's like affected. I know you don't like all the processing in this album. (laughs) This song's fun. I like this song. Jessica's just looking at me like, I don't know who I'm married to anymore. (laughs) I'm probably giving you the same look you gave me when I I was singing Usher when it came on the radio the other day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know what? I do have one more thing to ask you. How can you not like collapsible lung when this month all you watch is Love Island? (laughs) Like, not only those people are collapsible lung incarnate. How can you not like Jessica? I never meant to wear those budgie smugglers. I watch the UK original UK one. I don't. I don't watch the. the, the I think there's a CBS one, there's a but CBS I, I one. haven't seen that one. But and then Jessica tried to watch the Australian one. Oh my and gosh, she couldn't get more than an episode through. But there's like 700 episodes of Love Island from the UK, <laughs> and so all I hear when I'm not asked for the TV is is like it's like well it's oh that's what we referenced early days at one point earlier in an earlier episode. But it's like it's like well you know if he wants to. Be, 
he wanted to have sex with me, but I don't think I want to have sex today. We'll, we'll have sex tomorrow. It's like all I hear all day long is this Love Island show. And I like I swear, they're like <laughs> they're they they are this album come to life as British people stuck in a house together talking about showing off their butts all day long. And you do you love that show, but you don't like this album. And the music they play on that show, the music cues. I was like, in an earlier episode, they in an earlier season, they played a Lana Del Rey song. I'm like, they're playing Lana Del Rey? Because every other time, it's some awful pop pop song, or it's that cover of You Need Somebody to Lean On over and over and over. <laughs> but you don't like this album. Way to throw me under the bus, Dan. This is Bus Toss with Danny. It's our weekly segment. <laughs> Listen, everybody needs a little bit of an escape right now. If I like to escape to <laughs> a villa in Spain <laughs> with a bunch of British I losers. If I, this Danny, I also really like that we've talked about it before the Paris Hilton solo album, but I don't like collapsible lung. I don't know, I just don't make sense. I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> if this song this song, oh my gosh. I could make a FMV to Love Island set to this song, and then you'd like this song. I'll find out who your favorite it ship... Be, it would be appropriate. Who's your, yeah, this song would absolutely appear on Love Island. Oh, I love Paige and Finn from the most recent oh. season. <laughs> they go to South Africa in that one. Switch it up a little. So good. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of fan stuff, there's a Voltron fanfic titled PTL after this song that's Keith slash reader um and also an umbrella academy one. Oh, nice i'm not familiar with either of those two you know umbrella academy i think it was specifically not after the comic but after the uh oh the tv the show tv show but you know in what way umbrella academy is relevant to the world in which we discuss this podcast how it's tangentially connected to the pop punk pop rock world Umbrella Academy was created by Jared Way from My Chemical Romance. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I, and, and I swear, I've only learned that the My Chemical Romance lead singer is named Jared Way because of memes. Because <laughs> I will hear, hear a My Chemical Romance song once in a while, and every couple of years I'll be like... This is my time to listen to some deep cut My Chemical Romance, but it never <laughs> sticks with me. And is it possibly Gerard? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I also have an alt press article here from the song premiere of Part Time Lover. Okay. This is from June 19th, 2013. Four years after their previous full-length album, Forget and Not Slow Down, Reliant K have announced their return with Collapsible Lung, which is out July 2nd on Mono vs. Stereo. Collapsible Lung is a bit of an experimental record for us, but not in the traditional sense of the word, says frontman Matt Thiessen. We made it a point to pull back all of our usual tricks in the recording process and forced ourselves to determine how to present each song in the best and most concise way. It was a refreshing process, and we feel that much of that energy is transparent in the recording. We were we are incredibly proud of this record. Um, 
and then wow there's so many ads on this page uh <laughs> check out the album's seventh track part-time lover here on alt press first and then they you could you could hear it on alt press do you think this counts as alternative <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> it's alternative to what relying k was doing at the time yeah and then i have a review and a slightly more in-depth article so the slightly more in-depth article is from howls.com H-A-L-L-E-L-S dot com. Reliant K premiered their new song, Part-Time Lover, from their upcoming album, Collapsible Lung, on June 19th through the Alternative Press. Part-Time Lover is a fast-paced love song that showcases the group's high vocal range. It will appear on the new album, Collapsible Lung, when it releases on July 2nd. The new song joins the ranks of other songs premiered online for the upcoming album, including Don't Blink, Lost Boy, and the bonus track, That's My Jam, featuring Owl City. Uh, and then it goes on to say the same thing that Matt said for Alternative Press uh, about that it's about that it's like a bit of an experimental record for them, but not in the sense of the word. Right. And, yeah. Uh, Reliant K expects the new album to be something fresh and new for them. This time around, we wanted to have a collection of songs that surprised even us, Tyson said, according to the press release by Merge. To do that, we teamed up with several other writers in L.A., Nashville, New York City. This ensured that the new LP would be unpredictable. Each song includes a different combination of authors, yet there is an underlying thread that ties the tunes together thematically. We took an experimental approach creating the album, and we couldn't be more pleased with the result. Uh, Collapsible Lung marks the first full-length album in four years since their Forget and Not So Down album, which was released in 2009. The band is looking forward to releasing the new album. It's a refreshing process, and we feel that much of the energy is transparent in the recording. We are incredibly proud of this record, Tyson told All Press. Uh, the album has been finished since January, and the band is working on some logistics until the album is released on July 2nd. We mastered the record in January 2013, so when, so with the record completely done, it took a while to get the artwork together. And then also we were, oh, that artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, the artwork disturbs Jessica. It does. And then also we were just figuring out how we were going to put it out, how we were going to distribute it, release it officially. And that just went through several different stages of development. And I'm actually really happy with where we're at right now, said Matt Hoops of Reliant K in an interview with Jesus Freak Hideout. After the release of their new album, Reliant K will be doing a U.S. tour with special guests The Almost and The Rocket boys they are also expected to appear on the vans warp tour this summer i was just thinking based off of you said that some people were saying how this song was probably their best chance of becoming a top 40 band yeah but then being reminded from that article about how this album was released and i'm like i don't understand and maybe this supports my less pessimistic view of why you know why Tyson and Hoops decided this was the direction to take the band at the time because the support and the marketing for this album does not to me indicate that they were really I don't know whose decision it was for what I'm about to say but it does not indicate to me that they were really trying to get on top 40 radio mm-hmm. because it was a vinyl only release right Mm-hmm. And 2013, yes, CDs were in their giant 
we're it's really really declining but like you know maroon 5 and imagine dragons they all still have cds at target like you know you play the song on a you you get it on the radio however you got it on the radio and then you put that cd like in the gift section at target or the little cd section at the front of of uh, um, whole foods right uh like can you imagine i mean i guess technically like coldplay yeah like coldplay had that more recent album that was for a while only available is a physical release like you can't i don't know it's just it's so odd that this was a this was for a while a vinyl only release and the fact that ptl the other thing i was thinking i'm just kind of forming this in my mind as i think about it because here they're saying like we wanted to figure out how we were going to release the album and what way were we going to push it out and to me it's like well it feels like it was barely pushed out it's a vinyl only physical release like sure it's on streaming and streaming is now become in 2013 streaming has already definitely become the big thing and the main way in which people are going to be listening to music and it's only going to grow from there but like there's no lyric video for this song there's no there was only one lyric video for the whole album and it was don't blink like do a lyric video do an actual music video like people listen to music on youtube before youtube created their music app like people actually went to youtube and that's where they would listen to music by 2013 because it was basically free streaming like, how do they not have a lyric video for this? Like, if they were, you know, they released it early, but in what way? Like, you just put it out on the streaming sites and hope for the best? Like, where was the marketing behind this album? Where was, like, the real push? Like, was... And I'm now looking at the back of the album. This was a mono versus stereo with Columbia release. Yeah, I was going to say, I have an article here um, from Jesus Freak Hideout where uh, Matt Hoop spoke with them. And it says, like, what they said before about um, mastering the record in January uh, and working on putting the artwork together and how they were going to distribute it. Um, So they're saying, uh, we're deciding how we're going to distribute it, release it officially. And that just went through several different stages of development. And I'm actually really happy with where we're at right now. We're putting it out on our own record label, Mono versus Stereo, and it gives us all the control that we need. And we're distributing through Columbia. They're on board to a certain extent, but I think it's really in the best case because we can do what we want. And if they want to, you know, say, take us onto radio or like go do whatever on whatever level, then those things are already kind of written into place with how that'll work. We're cautiously optimistic, Hoop said. Right. I just, yeah, I mean, we obviously don't, you know, we only know the surface level stuff about how this album was really created and marketed. We only know what we know. Looking back years later when we weren't paying attention at the time, but I'm like, what was the marketing budget for this album? You know, and I, that 2013 is still a shifting. It's still a seismic shift, mm-hmm. as I was hinting at, right? Like nowadays, 2000 by 2018, I would say like with MXPX's newer album, like MXPX knew what they were gonna do and how they released their newer album. They did it all self-released, no big distribution. They did a Kickstarter for the marketing right they did a, like when they did the kickstarter for their new album they kind of didn't say this at the time but the album was done 
but they didn't want to, I don't think they want, they didn't want to lie to anybody, but they kind of knew like, if we say the album is done, then people won't give us the money because this money's really for the marketing and the marketing, like every entertainment industry, movies, especially the marketing is where, what makes and breaks the album. Like word of mouth, there's no real such thing as word of mouth. Right. <laughs> now when it comes to... Now so when it, it com- sounds like maybe that was almost a choice through Columbia. I don't know. Who distributed it. Yeah. Maybe they just, they weren't looking to put the songs on the radio or, right. you know, whatever. I just want to say, just to clear up what I was saying, like when I said there's no such thing as word of mouth, of course there is. But like this like idea that it's total grassroots, that you just have a tiny little album that nobody's paying attention to and it just starts to steamroll and everyone just starts sharing it Mm -hmm. like that doesn't just magically happen on its own like you need like some tastemaker to get it like there's got to be one big push that happens that gets it out there like when you see those tweets by someone who's like a nobody and they just wrote the perfect tweet and then it gets like 30,000 likes and you know, 30,000 retweets and they're like, wow, this really blew up. Check out my band camp. Check mm-hmm. out my thing. You know what I mean? It's like they're literally, and then you look and they have like 14, they have like 200 followers mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It just happened for them. You know, there's tons of tweets out there that could, ha- that could happen to, but it's typically because like it, it's got to snowball in the right way. It's got to yeah. get into the hands of the right account. Someone who has a ton of followers has to see it and think this is hilarious and they retweet it. You don't just like create an album. I don't work in the record industry. I don't know what the fudge I'm talking about. Scott Chocolate says fudge when he wants to say the F word. Um, But yeah, like it seems like such a small release for what we all in hindsight. And by we all, I mean, really K fans who are critical of this album. We all say like, this is them just reaching to her big pop success. But where was the support for that? You know what I mean? I wonder who was bankrolling this album because albums cost money, and they have all of these songwriters who write for big pop acts. Were they just doing a favor, or you know, they must have been paid? Right. I don't know. Like this feels like, especially with all of the production that went into this, this feels like this would be an expensive album to make. Maybe they had, maybe Mono versus Stereo and the Reliant K, the company had capital. Not Capital Records. They had their own money capital <laughs> right. to put into this album. Like, that is how MXPX did their 2018 album. From their own business, they bankrolled the album more or less themselves, I understand. And then they didn't have the money. They didn't have enough money left for marketing. So they had to go to that Kickstarter. And they had to raise the money so they could have Instagram ads. And so they could get the album put on playlists where it would get ears. And they had to, you know, they, they didn't even tour. They've just played a couple of shows. <laughs> They've played le- probably less than 10 shows since the album came out. And it seems like it's been a very successful album for them. So it's like touring. Like nowadays, touring doesn't support the album. The album supports the tour. Is that how it was in 2013? Because like they, because here Matt Hoops is talking about how like, yeah, we're going to put it out there and see where it goes and hope to get support, hope to get support on tours and stuff. And, like in 2013, did people think that touring still supported the album? Right? Because it flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. Like right. now, like I just said, the album supports the tour. Mm-hmm. The tour is where you make your money. But for most of history, it was the opposite. I don't know. Very confusing. This is this album is like in this. The more you unwrap, 
the collapsible yeah. on mystery, <laughs> the more there is to find. The surface level mystery is just the why did Reliant K go in this direction for this album? But now we're digging in deeper and I'm having more questions yeah. than answers. <laughs> Well, I also have here um, from HM Magazine a review. Oh, Heaven's for, Metal. <laughs> for That's for what that is. Heaven's Metal Magazine. <laughs> um, so this was reviewed by Dan McIntosh, who gave it two out of five stars. Reliant K's Matt Thiessen is rock music's perennial underdog, so one tends to pull for him almost instinctively. However, his band's latest effort, Collapsible Lung, makes it difficult to be entirely on Thiessen's side. Although it's a bright commercial pop effort, it doesn't include nearly as much wit and wisdom as we've come to expect from this usually reliable band and its fine leader. For starters, there are areas where Reliant K's Christian fan base is surely going to nitpick a bit. For instance, If I Could Take You Home sure sounds like an invitation for a one-night stand, and PTL stands for part-time lover. Musically, Collapsible Lung is just a little too pretty. It's not nearly tough enough. Instead of, cha- instead of charging guitars, Reliant K's multiple producers have filled these grooves with sort of polite pop rock that sometimes sneaks onto the pop charts alongside the usual floozy divas. Collapsible Lung may mark one step forward in Reliant K's quest for radio success, but it's all, but it's also two giant steps back in the credibility column. Yep, it may just knock the wind out of you. I wanted to make a COVID joke there about the wind being knocked out of you and keep an eye on those symptoms, but inappropriate, inappropriate, <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> That's a Conan O'Brien reference. Um, yeah, harsh, harsh, harsh words. <laughs> and then finally, we have song meanings. <laughs> So Genius had no annotations this week for Part-Time Lover, which, interesting. Uh, People were still taking to song meetings, though. And uh, I'm just going to read one. (laughs) Well, see, now maybe I was wrong about how the record industry had changed by 2013, that everyone's still on song meetings in 2013, but nobody's on Genius yet. It's crazy. Usually... By now, I feel like we've already switched over to yeah to the uh, genius. genius. So, Darth X X L X Ultra <laughs> X L E R T A. Wait, no, Darth X L E T R A commented six years ago. As is quite obvious, the song is about a one-night stand and the remorse he feels, not only for doing it, but also for not pursuing the girl afterwards and throwing her aside almost as a fallback girl for a rainy day that he waited too long on even though he really did like her. Never thought it hurt so bad to see you with another. I just want to pause there. They definitely have discussed the lyrics more than we did. (laughs) Like You discussed... (laughs) You discussed some portions of the lyrics, but yeah, we didn't talk about the story of the song. We were kind of leaving that. We were taking that for granted that everyone out there knows the song we're talking about. But yeah, we didn't actually mention this song is odd and an outlier for Reliant K. We definitely talked around this, but we didn't mention it. It's about a one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we didn't just say those words. Right. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of uh, Hotline Bling. A little bit. <laughs> Which I have huge problems with that song. Because that song is BS. Because he's like, who sings that song? Drake. Drake. Because Drake is like, I left the city and now I come back 
and you've got new friends? What's wrong with you? I used to call you up and say, come over and have sex with me in the middle of the night. But now you're out there having different relations ever since I left, ever since I left you alone to live your own life. I come home and I find out that you're living your own life. Girl, you've changed. That song's ridiculous. (laughs) It is. It's an awful song. I mean, the song (laughs) itself is fine. The song itself is good. I actually like the, 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 I like the sonics of, sorry, my phone's going off. I'm technically (laughs) supposed to be working right now. That's the fun part about working at home. And that's why I don't tell anyone at work about my podcast. But, um, yeah, (laughs) you get it. (laughs) Yeah. So they go on to say, whether Tyson is painting a metaphorical or a realistic personal experience is beyond our knowledge. On a deeper level, however, it is one more piece in the two-album story that Matthew Tyson and Relying K have been painting through their 2009 Forget and Not Slow Down and their 2013 Collapsible Lung. Nope. As That's... this part, as this is part of the second part of the story, which is much more dark and dwells on the dysfunctional side of romance. I'm sorry, that's far more displayed in Forget and Not Slow Down. I highly encourage you to check out Stephen C. Shudder's in-depth look at the album as a whole so you can get a firm grasp on the overarching message of the release. Okay, I tried to go to this website. It didn't. I, it wouldn't go. Anyways. I think it's... An, well, there was an article we've talked about in the past that specifically kind of talks about this album being a sequel to Forget Not Slow Down. We've come across it. We I think we came across it in the Boomerang episode or something. Um... But yeah, no, we don't no. agree with that premise. I think that's a false premise. I think that's a lot of headcanon. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people basically like who expected Forget Not Slow Down 2, who weren't expecting Reliant K to have just taken an entirely different route. And yeah, when Jessica found this article last night, she flipped out and got so <laughs> mad. And I'm like, you got to tell me. I cannot wait until we record. You have to tell me right now what you're reading. She read that to me. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't. That is just people's headcanon. I'm sorry. I know a lot of different Relying K fans out there ascribe to that. But the thing is, we know that Forget Not Slow Down is more or less a single story album because they've said that. Because mm-hmm. in interviews, they've talked about, here's where Matt Thiessen was. Here's what he actually decided to do. He went out, they've, they've told the story, how he went out to the cabin to write the album on his own, to be secluded, to do all this stuff and come back with all of these songs and, and record the album together. Like everyone from Mark Lee Townsend to both the Matts every, and the documentary behind the recording of the album explains to us that is why Forget Not Slow Down is more or less one story, an actual story that was happening to him. That interview, that proof from the band or a mouthpiece for the band doesn't exist as far as I'm aware. Please let us know if we're incorrect about that. If you have an interview with Mark Lee, well, Mark Lee Townsend didn't work on this album. If you have an interview with anyone who worked on this album or the band members themselves who say, this is us continuing the story of Forget and Not Slow Down. Let us know. But every time I see it online, I'm like, this is just what people wanted or expected. So they morphed into their mind. There's a They Might Be Giants song called Out of Jail that in my headcanon 
is a sequel to Punk Rock Girl by the Dead Milkmen, <laughs> right? Because I saw these little connections because they're both about a girl who steals a car, right? She at the end she's he, like, "How much you pay for this car? Nothing, man. It's stolen." She steals that car, and then the They Might Be Giants song is about a guy who just met a girl and she goes to jail, and he he's like, now he's waiting for her to get out of jail, more or less. So I, in my mind, put those two together. But that's just my headcanon. And that's more or less what I think a lot of Reliant K fans do with this. It's like they don't want to accept that this was just a bunch of light, fluffy songs that they put together. They want this to be a continued story. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I've been through articles that have said that... Tyson felt that like the the process of writing for Get Not So Down was so heavy that he wanted something a little lighter to right. do with this one. So he thought, oh, it would be so much fun to do something completely different and bring in a bunch of different uh, songwriters in on the process, get together with a bunch of friends basically, and make an album, right? Which is completely different and not the second part of a story, right? And there was another review we read a couple weeks ago where someone's like. Collapsible Lung, not this article, but some other article that was like implying that Collapsible Lung is continuing the story of Forget Not Slow Down and saying now Tyson is dealing with his his pain in in a less functional way and going out and finding cheap romances. I'm like, no, if he wrote all the songs, then maybe now there is this connecting thread in the song that it seems to be about dysfunctional romances. Right. That's on so many of the songs like. Um, Gloria is absolutely about dysfunctional romance and then uh, Disaster is not necessarily a dysfunctional romance but it's about like a, they're, they're, they got the fire brewing for each other <laughs> physically you know right. so there is this theme of these people and Boomerang of course all of these songs are themed around love and sex so it's easy to, th- to it's easy to put in headcanon that this is like a concept album but I don't. I absolutely see no proof aside from people just saying it that it's a sequel to Forget Not Slow Down. Because I also don't feel knowing that Forget Not Slow Down is a completely true album. It is the most literal Tyson. It's him dealing with the actual events he was going through, and how there's one song on that album that is literally about him writing that song. Like that's how current that album is. For then the next thing to be this other album. And we had that email from Trent who sort of implied, like, yeah, he, he agreed, like, Forget Not Slow Down is a true story, but then here's a fictional story for the follow-up. Like, sure, you could do that. That kind of happens. I feel like there's movies out there that are, like, based on a true story, but then they do a sequel <laughs> that's not <laughs> based on the true story anymore. Like, horror movies and probably, like, action movies about police and stuff like right. <laughs> you know like they, you could absolutely yeah. do that in hollywood i mean who knows like or like orange is the new black that's a true story <laughs> yeah. and the first season is relatively truthful-ish to the story but then Ish. by the but then by the Ish. sequels it has nothing to do with the nope. true story at all <laughs> <laughs> so you could absolutely do that in a way but it's like i'm not going to believe this until we hear someone from the band or related to the band say this was a continued story from Forget Not So Now. And I'll say this and I'll yell it till my lungs collapse. So says <laughs> Scott Chocolate, host of Sadie Hawkins Pod. 
So you ready to get into the clips and... We're not making Scott Chocolate merch. It's not happening. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. No, I'm making Scott Chocolate merch and I'm keeping 100% of the profits. <laughs> Go you're not it. getting You're not getting none of Scott <laughs> Chocolate's merch money. <laughs> so let's uh, get into uh, YouTube clips. One of those two Supermall Manila shows that we're yeah. always going back to. Yeah. They didn't play it, but the crowd really wanted them to, (laughs) or the people in front really wanted them to, so they posted it to YouTube as PTL Reliant K, and this would be in 2013, so it says, Manila crowd requesting for PTL, but it's not part of the set list, so we sang it instead, and Matt did the dancing, and then XD smiley face, hashtag best show, best band. September 29th, 2013. Uh, so yeah, here's here's Matt Teeson saying, sorry, we can't play PTL. And then the people in front singing it, playing it for themselves. No! No! Just the first! Black Horace! One verse, one verse! Black I never meant to be a part-time lover. So nice. what you don't see is that for the first portion of that, Matt is just fixing his mic stand, not really paying attention. And then when they really get singing, he just does a little, j- does little, a little dance, dance. <laughs> just does a little jig. And then everyone's like, woo! Jig. Um, so yeah, let's play a little bit more of the Marquee Tempe, Arizona show that I played before and again this is with the forget and not slow down lineup um and like I said we'll try to tell the difference between some of these live performances as they were kind of figuring out how Reliant K was changing at the time and how these songs could or couldn't be played live so here's some more of the same show where the where the lady went wow where <laughs> Where Owen Wilson was in the crowd went, wow. is so quiet and so still yeah and it's not a great video because it's a little choppy and obviously there's that crackling audio but yeah it's it's odd like it's odd how how sometimes we categorize things just by the production as pop but like when you hear this it just kind of sounds like a rock song because it's john john ethan matt and matt just kind of playing the song out. It's got this, I kind of skipped the part at the beginning, but it's kind of got a U2-esque guitar intro part. And then it just kind of goes into a rock sort of, like a slowed down, low-key song. It's pop. 
a little I understand, but it just goes into when you hear the, the this version of the chorus. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a rock. It, it sounds more rock on this, right? It sounds, I guess, more like in the vein of like a Black Keys or a White Stripes-esque. What? Jessica's just shaking her head. But you just hear the song it's supposed to be. You just hear the song in the producing. I'm just saying, just listen to this live performance. Yeah. And that live performance is a little bit of a struggle, it feels like. Like they didn't quite know what was going on yet. Let's listen to this other one. At the Stone Pony. Sick name. Um, and I think this is two thousand. This is July two thousand thirteen. So I do believe that this is yeah. Um, that doesn't look. So this is whoever was playing with them after the Johns and Ethan. After Ethan left the band mm. and the Johns weren't available to tour for this album apparently, which is what I understand was the case in twenty thirteen. So this is with some other people around playing and this is what it sounds like and again with Matt Thiessen not playing guitar Relying K in the last decade it's like you know how you can age a tree by its rings. You can age Relying K footage by Matt Thiessen's hair. <laughs> yeah. So as you get into the longer, curlier hair, right. you're like, oh, okay, we're getting into this period. Yep. Because this is long, curly locks, Thiessen. I just wanted to, I skipped ahead to that are you serious part because he doesn't even, you don't <laughs> like the are you serious part. In this live performance, he doesn't even, Yeah. the previous one, he doesn't even try. He just goes, are you right. serious? This one, he's like, are you serious? <laughs> that's a very Prince thing. I feel like that's a very Prince thing. <laughs> and then they go a little heavier on the chorus than the previous version. So listen to this. <laughs> Come on, girls, meet me after the show. <laughs> Be my part-time lover. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like they definitely haven't played it after the tour for Collapsible Lung. Because I didn't, I didn't look at Set List FM, but I don't see it like much after 2013. Um, let's see if there was another. Ver- There's another version I found in Memphis with... Uh, the Johns and Ethan playing. And I don't remember what version this is. All I wrote was live in 2013. Let's find the Are You Serious in this one. <laughs> You 
some laughs. laughs. Yeah, I got, got some, some laughs. laughs. I think he was playing into yeah. the laughs there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the... F- There's one where Matt Thiessen does hold a guitar during it, and I just don't know where that one is. Oh, here it is. Oh, here's 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one's 2012. And this is, like, still ear-length, curly hair Matt Thiessen. Mm-hmm. They still have that banner, <laughs> that banner that has the plane and the nice. thing on the Good background. Stuff. Yeah, and so this is with the Forget Not Slow Down lineup. And let's hear this. Okay, and again, let's go. Let's, let's just skip forward to the Are You Serious part. <laughs> See, the it's main, more like the album, yeah. Yeah, the one he wasn't even, I don't think he was even trying there. He just goes, are you serious? Yeah. He just kind of says it. I don't think he really leaned into the yeah. character of the girl <laughs> saying, are you serious? Or trying to get laughs out of it until after the album came out. Yeah. I want to hear like a little bit of the bridge solo part in this version. <laughs> So that was Matt Hoops doing the guitar solo. What'd you think of that version? It's good. It's good? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So let's hear the bridge part, and then we'll move on, I swear. It's not really a bridge it's just the ver. it's just the mm-hmm. chorus again like kind of broken down jessica's i like this song <laughs> it reminds me of prince i think it's probably matt Thiessen trying to be prince up on stage especially the way when he doesn't have the guitar and he's dancing around and stuff mm-hmm. although someone's youtube comment was like matt should always hold an instrument <laughs> yeah yeah, it's odd to see him like not behind a piano or holding a guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Yeah. Be holding the microphone and kind of dancing around. Yeah. <sighs> um. So, well, sure. You don't care for this song, but it's okay. Compare it to the Lakeisha Kruger version. Oh. You ready? I'm excited. This one is so bizarre. <laughs> Why'd you put on Lady Antebellum? <laughs> I guess it does still sound a little bit like Lady Antebellum, but more than that, it's the same black lines that were drawn on me, were drawn on you, and da 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 da. Sixth Avenue heartache. It's the Wallflower Sixth Avenue heartache. Oh. And I can't remember now, but what uh, Reliant, what Wallflower song does the does Reliant K cover in karaoke? Um. <laughs> Think of it now. <laughs> no, I just it's the Lakeisha Kruger song, right? Yeah. No, but it's like a sound alike for Sixth Avenue Heartache, which is so weird that that's one headlight. That's the wall that's the wallflower song they do. But yeah, no, listen to this listen to this again. <laughs> I 
Oh yeah. You can hear it in the Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it and so more more than ever, I we haven't figured out what this Lakeisha Kruger thing is, and Jimmy Pod found I don't think we mentioned this here on our show, but Jimmy Pod found a different name that's not Lakeisha Kruger that mm. is exactly these videos. Hmm. Exact same template, fake lyric video for a well known song, but it's actually just <laughs> stock music. Huh. And it's not a per- and and the thing you know, and it's a different name. Right. So it's just like some stock music library. Right, yeah. and this is the first time where I found a sound alike, and especially in Pond Five and stock music libraries, there are sound alikes. Yeah, where it's like here's a here's like the Pizza Hut commercial that has a song that sounds exactly like Impression That I Get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. <laughs> There's like companies out there, these similar to the Coverbot companies, they just record songs that sound like other songs, mm-hmm. and then you can buy them for a minimal fee and put them in your commercial and put them in your training video or whatever and it gets to sound like this pop song that you can't actually afford the the song of that's that makes it even more realized for me that this lakeisha kruger thing and whatever else whoever else is in her family (laughs) it's a stock music (laughs) company library paste copy pasted onto all of these fake lyric videos um so what did you how do you think that compares to the real version of ptl (laughs) They hit about the same, the same <laughs> chord for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to hear the Piano Dreamers version? Sure. <laughs> okay. Here's the Piano Dreamers playing Part-Time Lover. Wow, that didn't sound anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Google Stadia commercial. I don't even recognize almost, it. Yeah, no, this almost sounds like a song out here for free. Here we go. You just almost agreed to the thing that I said, is that you could take the bones of a lot of collapsible lung <laughs> songs and you could put them on air for free. See, now that you're hearing this melody broken down into its bare bones mm-hmm. in this piano version the melody is a relying k melody it's just all that extra fluff and production mm-hmm. on top of it and the lyrics and message of the song right. you kind of forget <laughs> but this is still a relying k melody Jessica looks very inquisitive. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. This is very pretty. Now it sounds like it should be in Twilight. <laughs> well, Relan K could have been in Twilight. There are songs on Five Score that should have been in the in the Twilight soundtracks. Um, yeah, see? So, like, this, like I, I've, I've said this before, but a lot of collapsible lung songs, if not for everything else around it, you could take those songs and rework them and put them in air for free. And some songs you could even rework and put to forget not slow down. That is not saying (laughs) that the lyrics of that album of Collapsible Lung at all tie into a ongoing story in my personal opinion. Um, So there's this guy named Gavin McGee. 
and he has two different covers one where he played it live at some sort of like talent show or something and then one where he streamed it you know to his webcam and i guess we'll play the webcam version because it sounds a little better everybody out there um i am about to play part-time lover by uh reliant k or better known as pto so here we go Jessica was just getting done with that like 10 seconds before the moment I decided to pause. But you were listening to it and you were kind of enjoying it, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think there's a bones of a good song here that you would really enjoy. Now, I will say, though, that there are many covers and that's one of the best because um, just like how Matt Thiessen sort of played around with this song live in terms of how far he'd lean into the little character voices or deciding to hold or not hold a guitar. Different covers. Mm -hmm. People didn't know how hard they should lean into. (laughs) There's a lot of change. There are a lot of change-ups in this song. They didn't know how to handle some of those change-ups. They didn't know how to handle the falsettos. So some of the covers have little moments where they're going good and then they do a change-up or they go for the falsetto or they don't go for the falsetto or they change a key and it's like part of it works, part of it doesn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like the theme of the covers for me is that the covers are like, 60% 60% good. There's a cat on top of the building behind you. That's new. I've never oh, seen that. Oh, wow. And it just jumped. It jumped. Fence. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was looking onto the parking lot behind Justin, the window behind Jessica, and there was a cat walking on the building. Fun. <laughs> Is that a sign we should do cat next week? No, we're doing mood rings. It's our big right. 50th episode. Um. Oh, so here's another good cover. This is Cole Woodruff Music, and he's one of the guys that, in my note, I said actually really nailed the vocals, like, for me, nearly awesome. 100%. Everyone else did a real bad job with the vocals. Real roller coaster of good and bad. This guy, another acoustic solo cover. He, I think he hit it.
time when I was scared of nothing. Nothing can touch you if you... Jessica just informed me we're in an hour 35, so I'm going to go forward a little bit. <laughs> you know, I was noticing... Sorry, I didn't mean to break it up. <laughs> I've noticed that, like, when we do covers and stuff, we only really hear the first minute of the song. We very seldom go into the later deeper, part of sections yeah. of the song. So we need to start doing that. So for Cole Woodruff, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. good yeah, yeah. The, like i said i mean he's just doing it live in the room so it's not like it's pitch perfect for but it is really good yeah especially because we are running late so i'm probably not going to play the people who oh, no. do not nail the falsetto oh, no. at all there was there's like one full band cover on here and that is on soundcloud it is by let's see anytime no SoundCloud. I don't need to sign up for HBO Max. I already did sign up for HBO Max. Thank you. Placebo. Oh, today. It comes out today. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I don't know what I'm doing after this. Placebo Domingo says, uh, has this cover on SoundCloud. And we'll skip ahead a little bit. And I'll turn up the volume. And here it is. <laughs> What was that weird like? They like make block. it their own, yeah. There's like a woodblock thing, like a horse clomping in the background. Right. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Really, I love their album art too. Yeah, it's the I I don't know where this image comes from, but it's the K for Karaoke Panda, but in a more realistic texture. Mm-hmm. Like it's a almost like it's a stuffed animal version of the thing. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's there. a lot of yeah. stuff. Failing on the falsetto like a lot of other people. But you know how Travis Barker is known for the dishwasher drums? <laughs> this is like horse clompy drums. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the background here. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of other covers. A common theme was two dudes and two acoustic guitars. And there's a bunch of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to rip anybody apart because not all these covers are very good but i will play this one because it's more than just a cover of two guys playing acoustic it's got this going on (laughs) he's got a boggle between his knees Uh, yeah which is an odd sentence (laughs) but he's got a he's got a box of the board game boggle between his knees as he's playing acoustic guitar then it cuts to another guy and there's a 
I got a, po- I got a pause. No, uh, it, and then it cuts to the other guy, and he's got a different board game. Then oh. it cuts to a boggle sheet, because you know how boggle the rules of boggle is you shake up the letters yeah. and you have to find the words. Boggle. Boggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, are they King of the Hill fans? Boggle. But it's a boggle sheet where you're supposed to fill out your words, and they write the lyrics of the song on it with like stop motion camera. That's cool. So more than a cover, it's a acoustic music video. Yeah. Where because they, they, they there's no way all of these shots are from the same performance. They must have done one performance or one of these takes is the performance, mm-hmm. and then they reconfigure themselves and reposition themselves for different shots. Because there's ones over their shoulders, there's ones like right up in their face, and, and the music like video stop motion, stop stuff motion board, board game games, stuff going yeah. on. I don't know what the connection is. <laughs> is that just playing their... games? They're playing this is called games, Raising maybe. Attica. Yeah, I don't know. I guess because the games represent he's the games of game. romance. Yeah, he's playing games. She's um... playing games. Well, you saw a little bit of this. There is a How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> Jessica asked me when she was in the middle of her research for this song. She's like, "Are there a ton of shipping videos to this song? Because this could fit so many different." fictional characters romance relationships and there are not i only found one ptl <laughs> is it a squeaker yeah. i only found one ptl shipping video and it That's is for shock. the main characters of um how to train your dragon the blonde girl and the jay bouchel <laughs> oh, i thought maybe they <laughs> i thought maybe they uh it is a name they, Farishel. <laughs> I thought maybe oh, they were I shipping Brian the, the training from of the dragon. <laughs> what? Sorry. We're talking about two different things yeah, right now. You thought it would be the boy and the dragon? I don't know. No, it's just the guy and the girl. Now you have to hear the are you serious part. Oh, no. <laughs> By the time I met you, it was 12 past midnight. <laughs> so she says are you serious in yeah. one of the three movies and they do cut you that think in. that's what made them think maybe this <laughs> maybe <laughs> um yeah there aren't a ton of that's the one of the fan things there aren't a ton of other fan things there's one other that i found and this one was fun kind of keeping on the dragons thing i found a spanish language lyric video with okay. all of this fantasy art oh wow so it's like a wolf it's like a man wolf holding like a fox patronus. <laughs> and I could skip ahead a little bit. Then it's like an like a hawk man cuddling a, a lady. It could almost be a... like a dark elfling man. Right. Then like a cosplay of like a lady dressed as an elf. I was gonna say that last one with the guy and the lady could almost be oh, is this then it's just like a then it's just like a Spanish pop star. Yeah. I don't know if there's so I don't know if they cut out the fantasy element by mistake <laughs> if he has like pointy ears or something, but it just looks like a Spanish pop star on the beach. <laughs> and then some people on horses and some people walking through an enchanted forest. Yeah. Some of these look like they could be the nightcore covers. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes back art. to this guy. Oh yeah. Um, and last one, 
because there wasn't so much fan stuff is yeah ptl could have meant praise the lord if you were expecting a christian song from reliant k so there's a lot of other songs out there called ptl but here's one by rapping for jesus rev rap (laughs) reverend rap this is called ptl praise the lord uploaded four years ago jessica please look at this cover art whoa it looks like a tim and eric this is my favorite thing i've ever seen and look at the blood splatters. I guess that's the blood of Christ. Sure. But it's like sure. this it's this like embossed beveled photoshop blood. It's amazing. And the the rap and rev or whatever, the R's are made out of a cross. Yeah. <laughs> the back part of the R's are made We're out of crosses. We're posting this. This is amazing. So here is Rappin' for Jesus by Ra- Reverend Rap. Let everything I hope Reverend Rap isn't very litigious. <laughs> I hope we don't get a copyright strike. Yo, the sun's still shining. So I'm back on the track with Reverend Rap. Freestyle, we still rhyming. And yeah, it's perfect timing. So what you waiting for? Go ahead and praise the Lord. Even on the days you're bored, ain't nothing wrong. We're giving them praise. You got to be grateful to survive in these days. It's love so bright. At times I need shade. I've cut it close to my life. And I ain't talking about face. Back rows in the band. Doing a hundred with no lights. Go to parties, other cities. Every time there were fights, I had a gun and a vest. I could run with the best. To me, fun was a mess. And this is my confess, Sean. Me and the devil had battles all the time. My confess, Sean. <laughs> It's like uh, Ben Schwartz's character from uh, <laughs> John Ralphio. John Ralphio, who he completes the rhyme, but then he tags it with an right. extra syllable. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, this is the best John Rubin song I've never heard before. <laughs> so that's Reverend Rap. And that is PTL by... <laughs> By uh, what's the name? Yeah, Reliant Rap. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. And if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can do so at four zero two nine five Sadie. You can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, both at Sadie Hawkins Pod, and you can drop us an email, Sadie Hawkins Pod at gmail dot com. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and everybody, stay safe and healthy out there. We just wasted. 102 minutes of your